3: My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable.
0: Come again? With Scott Bogman and Chris Wells. Can't
3: wait. What does that do? Does that
1: blow your mind? That just happened.
4: What's up, friends? Welcome in. It is In This League on Sports Grid. ITL on Sports Grid, the three-hour edition of all the goodies that ITL provides you. Like a new hour with Bubba and Bogman. You got it. Did we have Paul Spohr on during the week? Yep. We sure did. We're going to have some for here. And Bogman and I released a brand new episode of the In This League Fantasy Football podcast, breaking down some of the first-year player ranks for the rookies. Yes, post-rookie ranks. The entirety of the episode is available on the In This League Fantasy Football podcast feed, but we will be playing some of that here today. Essentially right after this segment. And Bogman is coming off of a crazy wild weekend, probably everybody here at Sports Grid as well, of you know, three days of madness in an NFL draft, which started, I think, very calmly, very just normal, nothing insane. And then everything went wild from NF star NFL players being traded to probably one of the craziest quarterback drafts that I can recall on the inverse, not the like right. we've had like like five guys go in like the top 15 picks or whatever it is, and it was just one and then the <laughs> entire massive fall that Malik Willis had. But Bogman, you endured three days, pretty much every single pick you were a part of
3: live on our Patreon. Yeah, I, I turned it off around six and seven. I just couldn't do it anymore. That that was that. But yeah, I mean, the first day it was kind of, you know, normal pace easy going draft up until pick 11 because when the saints started the trades then we had nine trades which is a record for uh the first round of the nfl draft and there was a lot of moving and shaking and wide receivers going at a premium and like you said quarterbacks slipping um outside of my sealers taking kenny pickett and mm. i mean my reaction was solid if you guys were watching it all there were a bunch of people in there but I, um... you, you, I
4: think had like, you were probably reactioned across the board because you had little baby hand picket Yeah, George pickens was so funny in so many different ways because you (laughs) highlighted him as a guy beforehand, but with off field issues, then the Steelers take him. And then that dude went full
3: weirdo, like full on, (laughs) uh, you were sending me, uh, you were sending me his weird picture. Like, I, I don't know what he's wearing on his head. Looks like a sock. Yeah, he's in shorts and he's standing strangely in front of the TV. He's got his tummy built up. So like,
4: you know, he reminded me of Tyler, the creator. If anybody knows Tyler, the creator who does just like (laughs) weird stuff. He was standing there in weird shorts with a white shirt. He had his tummy all the way out and his head kind of tilted with what looked like, you know what? It was like pantyhose that were over his head. And he was staring at the TV as he was being drafted and that got shared and it's like what like this guy was already like there were weird issues that were make, making him fall where he likes to fight on field every other thing dude the amount of video clips i saw of his on field fights i don't think i fully realized and you liked him outside of concerns about the uh you know the on field stuff not necessarily right. off the field and then he goes to your team and then you guys took an aggie and it was just all
3: yeah. The Aggie thing and not taking Malik too. like, I don't, I, I'm getting more and more used to the idea of Kenny Pickett being the starting quarterback for the Steelers to start. Cause the you season. have to, well, yeah, I have to number one and number two, you know, I, I, I get, I think Kenny Pickett has the highest floor of any of these QBs, meaning that even if he doesn't earn a starting role, he will be a solid backup for many years in the NFL. But I wanted the upside. I wanted Malik. I wanted, you know, to let, have him sit behind Trubisky because I'm a Trubisky truther a little bit yeah. a, as well. So I wanted Trubisky to start for the next couple of years, develop Malik behind him, you know, uh, get, get the potential for that arm and the legs to work together. Um, you know, I was excited about it. And not only did they skip on him and take Pickett, but then Pickett didn't go until the middle of the third round, which was super aggravating because I know that the, uh, Steelers could have taken Devontae White, who's one of my favorite players in this you draft. You mean Willis in the third round? Yeah, Susan Willis Picket. in the third yeah, yeah. round. Did I say pick yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. the yeah,
4: hindsight of that is definitely the worst where you go, well, we did this, but we could have done this and this right. and then potentially have gotten that player had we just gone in that area. is a pretty wild draft and some wild valuations as well. You know, as, you, as people are going to hear here in a second, I'm not sure that from your pre valuation stuff, a ton, ton has changed. And I think you're in agreement with a lot of stuff on the market, but there's definitely a few guys. I think there's a few guys that you differ on when people are going to start investing in dynasty. And we're also going to have the conversation built around uh, redraft, you know, where some of these guys in there, because, you know, these type of uh, football, I mean, football keeper and redraft are so much closer than any other sport is where, you know, it's so age based and stuff like that that you, know, you can go and look and be like, all right, so who's the most valuable rookie guy? And that still might be the most valuable guy for this year because they kind of go hand in hand. And uh, Bogman's got a whole sheet put together on our Patreon at inthisleague.com, which you guys can come and sign up today. And you can get access to the PPR Rookie Ranks The two quarterback super flex league ranks, which you can see how the rookies go there. And as we get through the month, you're going to see more stuff like rookie IDP. You're going to see normal IDP dynasty updates and the uh, in-season stuff will be coming here in the near future as well. So if you are dying for some football coverage and some football ranks, Good Lord, Spockman, have you covered on pretty much every other front? And uh, you guys can check us out in thisleague.com for everything else that we have going on. I've got baseball updates this month as well uh, for your dynasty, for your prospects, and for your redraft. So come and check us out in thisleague.com. We're going to break when we come back. We're going to jump right in. You're going to hear us talking about. We're going to. You're going to really get the running back and the wide receiver conversation. Not all of it, but you're going to get some of it for the rest of this hour. And then we'll. Uh, Bogman, and I will come back to you at the end of the hour, right here on in this league.
5: Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups
1: are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
5: The snozberries taste like snozberries. I'm freaking out, man.
0: You are freaking out, man. man. Littering and... Littering. in this league
4: break it down no running back was taken in the first round and that feels weird i think what was the stat the first year ever or whatever that a running back and tight end were not taken yeah. in the first round of an nfl draft it was it was a wild one like the draft started off pretty like expected and then things just started to
3: wild out that new orleans trade to number 12 uh, that was or er, 11 and then the Lions trading up for 12 that is when it got uh it quit it being bonkers. polite and started getting real right everybody's so.
4: just having the best time of their life passing on Malik Willis just left and right they were just all high-fiving no Malik no Malik and no running backs were going <laughs> and running backs ultimately are always going to hold that value right. now how many of these running backs ultimately are going to have fantasy value I think is up in question I think after, you know, and you could correct me here, Boggs, after... Well, I feel like there's a couple guys in that fourth tier you have here. So after the fourth tier, there's probably little to nothing, and there's not that many guys. But even, like, for me, I kind of see, like, the top half of of the fourth tier as kind of the the end of it. But let's go through, and what you are going to do in this episode is you're going to give your positional tiers to the players. If people are looking for the overall that's where you come and sign up and you'll get the list. You'll actually see all these. We're not going to go through every single positional tier, by the way, but um, you're going to be able to see all of the positional tiers, but then you can get the overall rank and how they sit in Superflex or PPR on the Patreon if you want to check that out. So you you stuck, um, I think, to your guns, regardless of destination. Pre-draft, you had said Brees Hall was your number one guy. Kenneth Walker was number two, and that's a tier. You have stuck to that with yes. Brees Hall at one and Kenneth Walker at two, though I have seen many people, I think um, uh, Derek Deep Brown over up. in fantasy pros is somebody that I don't know if he changed tune, but I feel like he did. And there are, there's a group of people that with the destination of Seattle for Kenneth Walker, a lot of people have have moved him into that number or some people, not maybe not a lot have moved him to number one. So you've got Brees Hall going to the jets as your number one uh, fantasy running back and Kenneth Walker at number two.
3: Yeah, this is your top tier, by the way. And this is, you know, if you're looking for a workhorse back uh, to draft in a first year player draft, these are the two. There's no guaranteed workhorse for anybody else. Not saying that one won't come out of the the next two or three tiers, but these are the guaranteed guys. And a lot of people at first glance hate the landing spot for Brees Hall because they just drafted Michael Carter last season. And people were thinking, well, there goes Brees Hall's value. And some people are saying, well, there goes Michael Carter's value. Let's not forget this Jets staff was brought over from San Francisco. And what do we see from San Francisco and from Kyle Shanahan, right? Always two backs, always two backs. And this is what we're going to get in New York. We're going to get Brees Hall as the lead back, and he can play all three downs and he can catch the ball to the backfield. And Michael Carter is going to get sets as well. I don't think this is going to be your traditional, okay, you know, let's go with Brees Hall on first, second down, and then bring somebody else, bring Carter in for third down. I think this is going to be like, this drive is Brees. This next drive is Brees. This third drive is Carter. So I think that's going to, is how it's going to work out with Brees Hall, getting the majority of the touches, uh, or I guess the lion's share of the touches in this offense. And this offense is shaping up to be pretty big. I feel like the only question mark now is Zach Wilson, because now you have Elisha Moore coming back. He only played, I think 10 games last season. He only started six because of injury. You have um, Garrett Wilson, who they drafted at number 10 overall, who is immediately going to drop in. And I think be the number one wide receiver in this offense, they signed CJ Uzama. Corey Davis is their third. They still have Denzel Mims who they drafted and they kind of like, so they got weapons and they have two good running backs now in Hall and Carter. So for me, Hall is still my number one. Um, I I didn't initially love this landing spot for Walker, but the more I think about it, the more I like it. I'm not going to put him over Hall uh, just because I think the offense has more scoring opportunities in New York than it is going to be in Seattle. Let's not forget this landing spot may be better for Walker in Seattle than it is for Hall with the Jets but you have Drew Locke leading this offense. It almost feels reminiscent.
4: They're not skill set whatsoever the same, but it feels reminiscent of last year where it was like Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, and then Clyde Edwards goes to a spot that's open. Everyone's like, "Who's number one, and Jonathan Taylor moved down, and you and I kept talking like, well, no, it's still Jonathan Taylor. Like Jonathan Taylor's still the best guy. Maybe it's not the world's greatest landing spot or whatever, it's fine, but he's the best guy. These aren't the same. There's a lot of differences, but it feels very like, ah, Brees Hall went to a spot with another guy. He's a good talent. It's not the best roster, but man, look at Kenneth Walker. He went to this open destination where he can be a workhorse. Maybe we got to go ahead. And it's like, no, it's still Brees Hall. Brees Hall is still the guy.
3: Right. And and I like Walker a lot. And I think when you look at this offense and you go, okay, well, Rashad Penny finally played well at the end of last season. Right. But it's Drew lock doing the ball or is Geno Smith. If drew lock, doesn't win the starting job because they're going to have a competition in camp. We saw what Gino can do. I'm not impressed by it at all. So, um, you know, you're probably going to want to run first offense. Well, now you have a two headed backfield in Walker and Penny and Walker will for sure be the lead back here because he's already better than Penny. In my opinion, Penny can probably, I think this will be your, your more traditional of, you know, First, second down goes to Walker, maybe third down, third and longs go to Penny. And every once in a while, Penny will be in there to uh, be a game changer and stuff. But Kenny Walker is your home run hitter. He is your guy in the fourth quarter when the defense is tired. You're still giving him the ball. He thrives on getting 20 or 30 carries a game. And I think he's going to be that guy in Seattle's offense. And then when you finally do get your quarterback, whether it's through free agency or the draft next season, now you have. Uh, you know, a strong two-headed wide receiver, uh, you know, pair in Metcalf and um, Lockett and you have Walker. So you have your three guys in this system. So uh, I like the landing spot and he is the next workhorse here.
4: Okay. So uh, from a redraft perspective, I've got the fantasy pros ranks on these guys, but you tell me, where do you think they lie as far as sitting in the rest of the community of running backs. Is Brees for Hall redraft? an RB? Yeah, for redraft. Is Brees Hall an RB2 this year?
3: Um, I think he is. Is Kenneth
4: Walker an RB2? Um Probably not. So on Fantasy Pros, the current consensus, Brees Hall, and I'm looking at PPR, as we all should. Breece Hall is number 24. So he is the the last of the RV twos in a 12 man Kenneth Walker. And that is tier four, by the way, Kenneth Walker comes in at 36, which would be the last of a flex option right now. Uh, Penny is ahead of Walker by early rankers. And after I get
3: my rankings in. Yeah, that'll change that. (laughs) And then
4: Brees Hall is about almost 10 spots higher than Michael Carter. So let me throw a couple at you real quick. Brees Hall or Travis Etienne. Hmm. Uh, Brees Hall. And that is how the rankers have it currently. Uh, Miles Sanders or Brees Hall? Uh, Brees Hall. A.J. Dillon or Brees Hall?
3: Ooh. A.J. Dillon.
4: Okay, I mean, you have it. How the rankers have it. The AJ Dylan's above. Okay, uh, Miles Sanders. That is one's also really below.
3: close. I could see myself going the other way if I like. AJ when and I, when are I, when in the same down. tier. By the way, when I drilled and, down on it, that one's real close. It, I just the offense is the offense is better in Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers is there, and they you know they added wide receivers, but they're young. So you're going to want to run first. So Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon should see a ton of carries. This is LaFleur. This is the same. You know, these are the LaFleurs. LaFleur in Green Bay. LaFleur is the OC in in New York. So they're going to use two back sets. We know that.
4: Kenny Walker. Let's move to him real quick. Kenny Walker or Melvin Gordon this year? Walker, not close. And Gordon is two spots higher in a different tier according to current rankers uh Devin Singletary or Kenny Walker Walker not close and he is like five spots higher than Kenny Walker currently I so I don't think people have jumped up on I think you have Walker probably as a solid flex option this year with Brees Hall as an RB2 in that territory and that's how people can kind of approach them in a dynasty obviously their value moves up quite a bit and I think you at some point you have dynasty ranks that are up right
3: yeah I, I I will be adding the rookies Uh, this weekend to
2: the dynasty rinks and it'll be up on monday sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: Reese's
1: peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
0: In this league.
3: Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Why can't I say fork?
0: If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. Bullshirt. shirt.
5: Holy.
4: Mother forking shirt boss. Alright, so there you go. So uh, a May update with the dynasty will have these guys and you can see ultimately where they sit. Alright, let's move to Tier Two. Where tier two had one of the guys that you were really into, I felt like fell a little bit, but when it push games to shove push comes to shove, they all just kind of fell, and that was kind of yeah. why Uh, in Brian Robinson, who I'm talking about. James Cook seemed to be kind of all over the board for a lot of people. Ultimately, you have James Cook as your third RB and Brian Robinson as your fourth RB, and those two are kind of your tier two of RBs.
3: Yeah, and and, you know, like I said, the only guys guaranteed touches in their offense to me are Hall and Walker. Uh, I think Cook and Robinson are good enough to take a ton of carries this season. Now, James Cook is going to be a weapon and the coaching staff in Buffalo has already come out and said, we see him as a receiving back. Well, yes, I think it's pretty obvious that James cook is a receiving back guy can run outside. He can run slot. He can play wide receiver and not play running back at all if that's what they want. Which if people
4: are trying to wrap their head around, what does that mean? Does that mean they're going to just give the early downs to Devin Singletary? Yes. And then that old, you know, where Zach Moss, the ghost of Zach Moss was, that's where James (laughs) Cook would start to come in on third downs and change of pace. That's who James Cook will be. Yeah, he
3: will be change of pace, third down guy, and play a little bit of wide receiver. But I think what you're going to see early is that James Cook is a much better running back talent-wise than Devin Singletary. Now, Devin Singletary came on last year, and he's better than I initially gave him credit for coming out of the draft and better probably than I still see him now, right? So my I've always been a little shaded on Devin Singletary because I thought he was a product of Lane Kiffin's offense at FAU. He scored a lot of cheap touchdowns, and he doesn't have game-breaking speed. James Cook has both of those things. He has game break, game breaking speed. He can catch. Uh, He's a much better all around runner than Devin Singletary is. And I think by the end of the year, we're going to see not only is James Cook thriving in this role of being a third down guy. I think he's going to start out touching Singletary about, you know what it feels like? Well,
4: it feels like a lot of the conversation we had around Michael Carter, where Michael Carter was like, you know, don't invest too crazy early um but in the second half he's going to be a big play. Michael Carter played a big role in the in the receiving game as well for yep. the Jets last season. And Cook is going to be on a better team by the way. So the reference of like Carter on the horrible Jets, you put him on the Bills and if he's getting more primary coverage, this is a more team that can spread the ball around way more chances yeah. to score. James Cook is way more exciting and I'm w- very much with you on this one. I'm a James Cook guy. But what about Brian Robinson? I feel like Brian Robinson wasn't like anything exciting in the draft for anybody. I mean, you had, uh, the 49ers <laughs> passed on him. The bucks pass on him for Rashad white and, uh, the Niners took Tyree and Davis price. You know, there are multiple teams that passed on Brian Robinson, but he goes to the commanders and you slot him in at number four.
3: Yeah. And I think this is, um, uh, it is going to be a hard for a lot of people to hear. I don't think they're going to like it, but I think the guy that takes, the biggest hit out of where these running backs landed is Antonio Gibson. And it's not the fact that uh, Brian Robinson is going to get a lot of touches over Antonio Gibson. I don't think that happens initially, but what I do think is that this allows you to use Antonio Gibson as uh, the Lord intended the Welsh by putting him at wide receiver, letting him uh, catch the ball a little bit more from wide receiver sets. And you can have two back systems uh, or two back sets. I mean, in shotgun, where you can hand the ball to Robinson or you can give the ball to Antonio Gibson. Gibson um, is going to be more of what he was in at Memphis. And I don't want to call him a gadget player. Cause I still do think he leads and touches initially, but Robinson is a first second down grinder, right? And, and this, and even Ron Rivera compared it to when they had uh, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams in Carolina, Both these guys are, I think are going to get used. I think your short yardage and probably goal line touches are going to go to Brian Robinson. And I think the whole purpose of you drafting this guy is to give Gibson fewer carries because he's been hurt in his career, uh, taking the, you know, the full-time running back job. Remember, this is a guy that played more wide receiver at Memphis than he played running back coming into the NFL guy has excelled at running back. I'm not trying to take it away from him, but you go out and you move up and you draft, Brian Robinson to alleviate some of this pressure from Gibson. So I think Robinson is immediate your immediately your goal line back there, and I think that he's going to push Antonio Gibson to wide receiver a little bit more. Um, we'll we'll see how that ends up happening, but this is why I like Robinson because I think he has a first second down role. So James Cook does show up as the number
4: three as far as rankers go. He's not in the flex area. I think things will change. Uh, he's in an interesting group. He's actually in the same tier as Kenny Walker on Fantasy Pros. Kenny Walker is the start of the tier, which is kind of hilarious because it doesn't seem like that should be the case. But he, he he's further down and he's closer to. So here's a couple names. Let me throw it at you: James Cook this season or Raheem Mostert? Uh Cook. Mostert is a couple spots ahead. Uh, Raheem. I'm uh, sorry, James cook or Jamal Williams. Uh, cook. And see, here's the thing is cook is like all the these, guys these below here rankings
3: too. If we, didn't yeah, I said that.
4: these would be, but Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. redraft he'd be a little bit lower or whatever, but like the guys that are above are not that sexy. I think he's right in that, like RB four territory. Like you get your two starters, you get yeah. an RB at your flex, and then you can kind of bank on a James cook. It's for your upside. When, by week, bi- when, bye bi- 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 weeks start to come in, like, You buy your first couple weeks in, James Cook is in there. He is number three. Brian Robinson is not, though,
3: uh, at least It's not surprising to me there, just just for one point I want to make about that, is because uh, Cook, there are three running backs drafted in the second round, Hall, Walker, and Cook. Now, Cook was, you know, 22 spots after Walker. Hall and Walker were five spots different at the top of the the second round. Cook was way later at the end of the second round. He's actually the second to last pick in the second round, but then you got a lot of guys drafted in the third round. Robinson Rashad white was drafted ahead of him. Tyrion Davis price drafted ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he's going to be in that mix of guys kind of in that area, I think. And there's four
4: running backs ahead after, after we just did the James cook, there's four other running backs before Brian Robinson comes in. So this is for uh, rookies Robinson, for, rookies, uh, for okay. redraft for this season. That the fantasy pros early rankers
3: all have above Brian Robinson. I know at least two of them. Uh, Name uh, so uh, the the two are Pierce and Algier, hundred percent. Uh,
4: let's see. Algier is not. He's not. Okay, that surprised me a little. uh, No, you know what? I'm sorry. That's a fifth running back. You are correct. He is. He's actually like two spots away from Brian Robinson. The running backs that are above Brian Robinson and Algier are Rashad White. With Tampa Bay, who's okay. the seventy first? You have uh Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, and then I feel like I just missed one. In that, no, what I think was that Price. Was so, Did you say? Uh, yeah, Price? I said Price. Yeah, White, uh, okay. White or
3: Pierre Strong? Probably Pierre Strong.
4: Uh, I'm not seeing seeing Price. Uh, Terrence Davis Pierce. Price isn't ranked that high. Uh, no, no price is not. He's, he's down here. He's like way down here. So you got a couple guys in there. So that's kind of your guy, which actually, so that takes us to your third tier of RBs, which is five through nine. So, um, do you want to just do the, just, just some quick blurbs on five through nine?
3: Uh, Pierce goes to the Texans. The job is open, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, this is a grinder. He's a very, very hard worker, you know, big motor, blah, blah, blah. Um, Uh, And I said this, uh, and our boy Aaron was like, Bogman's still in draft mode with those teams when I said, uh, you know, uh, uh, hard worker, blah, 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 scrappy, gym rat, easy to root for. That's all Mm -hmm. Damian Pierce, right? Uh, Underutilized a little bit at Florida, I think, too. Of course, Florida has all kinds of good uh, running backs going to that school. So you're kind of going to be in a mix, kind of like Brian Robinson was at Alabama. Um, You're going to be in a mix. But the job's open. It's Rex Burkhead is the leading RB there. And, uh, I, so I think Pierce is going to have an immediate role. Uh, Rashad White, I like in Tampa Bay. Um, obviously this dude is brought in for third downs and it hurts me to say this because I'm a Leonard Fournette Stan, but I think that well, Rashad White is going to come in and get immediate third down, a third down role in Tampa Bay. So, um, Dependable uh, catcher, uh, hands catcher, and he can run uh, pretty decent routes as well. He did it at Arizona State, so I think we're going to see that. This guy compared himself to Arian Foster, which is kind of, you know, for this group of kids that are in their early 20s, that's pretty old school for him. For us, it's, you know, fairly neutral. We grew up watching uh, Arian Foster, but comparing himself to Foster, I thought was great. Um, Isaiah Spiller going to the Chargers. The Chargers have tried to find a running back to sit behind Austin Eckler for a long time. This is it. They are finally like, all right, we'll spend a draft pick on a running back that we know can take this role because stupid Josh Kelly and um, Larry Roundtree and those guys haven't been working out. So Spiller's their guy. Didn't run very fast at the uh, combine, but this is your grinder. Your first, second down, your goal line back, all that good stuff. He should have a role to start. Uh, Then we have Tyrion Davis-Price, which – I didn't get, I, I didn't really like Tyrion Davis Price that much. Yeah, me either. But our guy, Eric Froton uh, at CF Froton, who uh, does the CFF show with me, and John Lobb, he talked him up. This was a sleeper for him, and uh, Eli Mitchell was his sleeper last year going to San Francisco, and that was before the draft. He liked Tyrion Davis Price. And, I, and you know, thinking about it more, I think about how unimpressive LSU's offense has been since Joe Burrow left. It has been just not great. You know, Jamar Chase didn't play uh, before coming into the NFL uh, that year, leading in, and um, they have not found a quarterback even close. But this guy beat out John Emory, who John Emory was number one RB in the country and expected to go in in LSU and be the next Leonard Fournette there. And Tyrion Davis Price beat him out two years in a row, so he has beat out some talented players already. And we know that San Francisco loves using two backs. We saw Eli Mitchell not really be able to withstand the rigors of an NFL season. So I think he's going to be used. I think he's already better than Trey Sermon. Yeah. I thought Eli Mitchell was better than Trey Sermon last year. And that's going to so, be the
4: big key with the 49ers too, is if he yeah. jumps past Trey Sermon, then Eli Mitchell will immediately move into, uh I'm sorry, uh, Price will immediately move into a, full used role now i think jeffrey wilson right. junior resigned though which would be interesting because they do love him and they do like to get the ball to him
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here.
1: Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
0: Hey, in this league. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Not
4: me. Who would
1: have
4: thought? Not me. Not me. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. The wide receivers. Oh, yes. This is where a lot of your investment is going to be made in the first round. Most likely in the first round of uh, whatever dynasty draft you've got going on. And interestingly enough, you had a big tier before. And it doesn't look like a ton has changed uh, yeah. off of destination. I I, I got to be honest with you. I'm trying to remember in the show we did what has changed. The one thing that does look like there there was an adjustment or I you know what? Maybe I'm confusing it. I felt like you had Traylon Burks at number one when we did the pre-show. And at least you talked in that direction. And now the one, two, and this is a tier five, by the way, the one, two is Jameson Williams at one, uh, who is with the Lions now and Traylon Burks to the Titans is number two. Did that, yeah, did that
3: flip? It didn't flip, but, but I did flip. My initial thought process was Burks is going to be my number one. After digging deep, Williams ended up my number one and, and Burks was number two. They do not change in these rankings. The only thing I flipped in this is I actually moved uh London from five to four and Olave from four to five. That that's yeah. what I flipped. And here.
4: Christian Watson has moved out of this tier. So it's tier five. Because I think it was like six last time. I
3: finished. didn't have no, I it's the top five. The top was five. Was it okay? Uh, yeah. So well, this is this, this, this is the same. Well, this is the same top five as all. But um look, Jameson Williams, I think, is has just upper echelon potential. He is coming off the ACL injury. ACL injury from the national title game. He's gonna probably start this season on the pup and miss it, at least the first six weeks, if not a bigger chunk. He looks of like here.
4: maybe the unhappiest person on the planet, though, going to Detroit.
3: <laughs> I saw his thing. Like uh, he the looks press conference. so miserable going to Detroit. Why well, is he look, so unhappy? Well, how many Hall of Fame careers has Detroit wasted? Calvin Johnson, Barry yeah. Sanders, uh, Matt well, Stafford. You know. Yeah, so. yeah, I
4: suppose. Yeah, you're right. Exactly what you said. They so, did waste
3: so, it. Yeah. So, you know, I understand the tradition, but I like what Dan Campbell's doing here and they're going to get a different quarterback next year. Uh, Cause golf is making 40 million bucks or whatever it is next year. And they will definitely cut him. So they might may resign him to start, but he ain't going to be working on that contract. We know that, but uh, they actually look pretty good. You know, a St. Brown, they signed DJ shark. They still have TJ Hawkinson. They have Swift and Williams. Like this is a lot like the jets. There's a lot of parallels between the lions offense and the jets offense. Uh, But is is Williams so much
4: further ahead than even though you tiered these, is Williams mm -hmm. so much further ahead than these other wideouts?
3: He's not that much further ahead. No, this is a tier for sure. But I think just when I'm looking at talent, he is the number one. And I don't think, you know, none of these guys landed with a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? So it's not like none of these guys were drafted by the Chiefs or Packers. So they're all going to be in the same tier still. Um, Number two for me is Traylon Burks. And uh, I know our boy Debro doesn't really like Traylon Burks because he doesn't run a clean route tree and all that stuff, but he played with terrible quarterbacks at Arkansas. Right. Uh, and also this is your Debo 2.0. Uh, this is a guy that is going to be used as a running back. He's going to get reverses may even throw passes and he's a deep threat and he can Moss a corner, especially a small corner. Cause the dude is enormous. So he's going to go up and get it. He is a number one wide receiver from day one. I know Robert Woods, is there two? This is going to be a good one 2 punch in Tennessee. So I like both these guys. Hmm. Number three for me is Garrett Wilson uh, for the New York Jets. And the reason he's three is because they have more there. So I like Wilson. I think Wilson's better than Elijah Moore. I think he steps in and he's the number one wide receiver from day one, but Moore's going to get targets. They also drafted Brees Hall. He's going to get a lot of run. Michael Carter last year. They still have Corey Davis on this roster. They signed CJ Uzama. There's a lot of weapons in New York to get the ball to. I still think Garrett Wilson is going to be the number one option there. Um, well, really number two option behind Brees Hall, of course, but um, because they will be a run first team. But I think he's the number one wide receiver there for uh, you know, a couple of years to come at least. Uh, number four for me is Drake London. Um, a lot of has been made about you know Drake London and his size and – not being not getting a lot of separation because the reason we're hearing a lot of negative talk is because that's kind of what we said about Nikhil Harry as well. Right. Um, I think they're different. I think in, you know, between Mike Evans and Nikhil Harry, I would bank on Drake London being way closer to Mike Evans than Nikhil Harry Uh, guys that don't have speed at wide receiver can get, you know, uh, cast aside pretty quick as we've seen with Nikhil Harry, but I'm a Drake London guy. He's already the number one option of anything on this offense. Uh, Him and Kyle Pitts, that's it. That's all they got. Cordell Patterson's going to play running back. Damian Williams, we talked about the ugly running backs there. And Marcus Mariota is going to be throwing him people, the ball. I saw people
4: doing that nonsense when London got drafted. They're like, oh, there goes a hit to Kyle Pitts. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Rookie wide receiver is going to take away from Kyle Pitts? You idiot.
3: Yeah. Well, and also think about, you know, the, a quarterback for this team next year. Because... Next year, you're going to have Pitts, you're going to have London, and Ridley's going to come back if he quits gambling. So, you know, you already you have three good receiving options there. I don't think it's going to be Marcus Mariota at the helm. We'll see if it's Desmond Ritter. But uh, he, uh I think London is your number one wide receiver uh for a while here. And Chris Olave going to the Saints. Um, You know, uh, I like Olave. He's the cleanest route runner uh, of this group. Uh, He's going to be a very, very solid wide receiver. I'm just a little concerned at what the hell they're doing a quarterback. Is it Jameis for the long term? Are they going to draft someone else? We know they finally just moved Taysom to tight end, and that's that for him, uh, which we like, but what are they doing a quarterback? Because I just don't really trust Jameis anymore uh, to lead, but he is a number one option. I think he's already better than Michael Thomas, and I don't know that Michael Thomas stays on the Saints um, before the season starts, so he might be by far the number one here.
4: What's interesting, so when you take a look here uh, from a redraft perspective, uh, the current rankers, and I'm curious your take on it, Traylon Burks is the number one rookie running uh, wide receiver of any of these guys for redraft. Where do you think he slots? Uh, 25. So like a wide receiver
3: 2? Wide receiver 3, high wide receiver 3. Do you have him as a wide receiver 3? I haven't done redraft ranks yet, you but that's, that's probably where I'm going to have him. Yeah. 46.
4: 46. He's okay. down at 46, which puts him just barely as a flex option, which then says, and this is just working off a standard 12 team. It says the rest of these guys are not startable options, even in flex. Now, if you're in deeper leagues, they are, uh, it goes Garrett Wilson, Drake London. That's your top three with Burks all in the same tier though. So they're all in the same tier burks is separated with wilson and london kind of like right next to each other on the bottom of the tier and then in the next tier it jumps to chris olave who is the next big guy and he is 60 so that tells you how far down even these dynasty options are and is how fun as they they can be and it also i don't know i think it's a little opening i mean obviously dynasty dynasty value in football is so dramatically different than any other sport. It is wild how you just get a 21-year-old receiver on a team, even if he doesn't have a good spot. People are like, well, that's the eighth guy. That's the guy. That's the dude. I mean, you know, and Jamar Chase is a prime example of, of a great reason behind it.
3: But well, for every Jamar Chase, there's a Devontae Parker.
4: Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. Or there's a Brandon Ayuk or whatever, how it's worked out. And take a look now. You've got oh, the God. the highest wide receiver in redraft at forty-six. And people out there making arguments, oh yeah, you know, in Dynasty, go and trade, blah, 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 for that first or second pick or whatever it is. And it's like, I just think it's such—it's always such a dangerous little game people play with the overvaluation of picks on these guys where if you, if you play the long, long game, it could work out and you could get the Justin Jefferson or the Jamar Chase. But for every one of those, there's three other guys. And the valuation on the wideouts in general seemed to be quite a bit lower, even in a redraft perspective where, you know, the number... I mean, Jameson Williams doesn't count in this. So the number one guy to the number four guy are between 46 and 60 right now in early redraft stuff, which is not really even. Started. And for
3: redraft, I would have Drake London as my number one rookie wideout for redraft because. Really? And yeah, he's three on this. Well, No Calvin and no running back. So Drake London sh- should see a thousand targets this year, right? He's like your main guy. Uh, Like I said, next year, you're going to you're going to have Pitts and Calvin and probably running back and maybe a new quarterback. So, you know, the offense will look different next year. But this year, you should be feeding Drake London a bunch in this offense. Him and Pitts uh, both are going to have very good values. So to have to have him number one, uh, you know, behind Burks is surprising to me. But behind guys like Gallup, who's coming off an injured season, Kadarius Tony is not even going to be on the Giants. Claypool who is now probably going to go to number three, in my opinion. Uh, Ayuk with maybe a rookie quarterback. Thielen's losing some steam. Uh, Renfro definitely lost some steam with Devontae Adams coming in here. Lockett with Drew Locke. Rashad Bateman, who barely played last year, it's just a little surprising to me to see him below those guys. So um, he won't be below those guys when I get my ranks. I'll tell you that much.
4: Uh, the next tier, you've got you got six more guys, and probably the most divisive of all of them. Well, oh, yeah. you know, there, there's there, there's two things that I take out of this from talking with you. There's the most divisive, which you're going to talk about, but also there's one I think you gave the biggest slap to, and it's the guy that went to your team in George Pickens here, because you've oh. got Sky Moore at six, Jahan Dotson at seven, Christian Watson at eight. John Mechie at nine, George Pickens at 10, and Jalen Tolbert at 11. So that's almost, you know, 12 wideouts here. It's 11 wideouts. And Skymore is, I think, in your eyes, probably the most controversial in how you have him valued.
3: So I really want you to hit on Skymore and George Pickens. Okay, well, Sky Moore is the most overvalued to me. And I love Skymore. I think he's going to be a great talent. Um, but I just don't think that he is of the talent level of the five guys I mentioned before. That's why I have him at six. And we talked about landing spot, how you know not a lot changed in my top five tier because of landing spot. And I said, Well, look, none of these guys ended up with uh Mahomes or Rogers, right? So uh they're still kind of in the same range generally. Sky Moore did end up with Patrick Mahomes, and he does have this enormous ceiling of being number one, but He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not even close to Tyreek Hill. I love him. I think he's a great wide receiver. He is. No one is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, when they did like the most runs um uh, for of 21 miles or more, 20 miles per hour or more in the NFL, Tyreek Hill 45 and the next closest was 20 since like 2016. You're not you're not replacing Tyreek Hill because there isn't one. So, you know, let's stop trying to make him Tyreek Hill. Juju Smith Schuster still there. Uh, uh Travis Kelsey's your number one option in this offense, uh, now that Tyreek's gone. Juju's there. They signed uh Marcus Valdez Scantling, who, you know, look, um I I'm I'm not trying to tell you that he MVS is better than Sky Moore, but is MVS better than a rookie in his first year in camp? I mean, he's a veteran, so he knows a lot. Also, they drafted McCole Hardman as a project, and guess what? The project has worked. McCole Hardman is pretty good now. I think if there's anything close to a Tyreek Hill replacement. He is probably it. I don't think he is. I think Sky Moore could beat him and be the starting guy here and have tremendous value this season. But I think Sky Moore is a longer look than people are saying that he is going to be in year one because next year Mikkel Hardman's a free agent, Juju's on a one-year deal, MVS could be cut, and who knows if Kelsey retires. And now Sky is your number one. He could have tremendous value. But for this season, there's a lot looking into this. Another thing why you know everyone wants to make Justin Ross who was an undrafted free agent, this big thing, because he went to Kansas city. I'm not even convinced this dude makes the roster because of all that stuff that I just said. So I love sky Moore. I love his outlook. I have him at six. I'm not knocking him. I don't think, but I'm not going to put him above those top five guys that I think are all more talented than him just because he landed in Kansas city. It's a great landing spot, but I'm not going to do it. I think you have him in
4: line for what redraft, like the redraft has Jamison Williams down. But if you were if if you took the redraft to be dynasty, you know they have him at five. You would have him at five if you took jameson Williams, if you were doing a if if yours were relative to redraft ranks you have sky more at five and the fantasy pros consensus i'll probably put him at
3: five, five among rookie guys yeah i'll probably put him still ahead of watson yeah. yeah
4: so you've got him in that relative uh territory so what happened with george pickens uh he's a super weirdo he does weird stuff he was like being all weird during the draft staring at himself uh you talked about different c- scenarios with him and the talent and everything, and then he goes to your team. He goes to your team, and it looks like you you bought him.
2: SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7. As our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says in this league.
2: Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the mozzarella sticks?
0: (laughs) In this league.
4: Welcome back, friends. It is in this league right here on Sports Grid, ITL and Sports Grid. You've been listening uh, to our coverage of post-NFL draft and all the Bogman's ranks. If you guys are dying for more, like we said, go and check us out. In this league fantasy football podcast another podcast for you to subscribe to and you will get all of it where there's also quarterbacks there's tight ends uh there's a bit more in there as well and as the football podcast starts to get back into action you know bogman you you were leading your entire off season you've been leading into that draft now it's over so your sights have to turn kind of off of these rookies and into just the full scope right
3: yeah, the the full scope and uh, probably going to get the CFF rocking uh, pretty quick here as well. Uh, moving into the off season for that. Now that the uh, you know uh, all of the guys that are transferring has stopped. That's May first; they had to be in by then. So now we have like full rosters and all that. Oh, good so stuff that's going to like so. be, that'll be done with a lot of football. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it will be tra- like you had to have gotten your stuff in May first to still transfer there's still to transfer to play this year to play this year. Yeah. So there's still guys transferring, but if they transfer after May 1st, They can't play
4: this. So agents were getting their work in. uh,
3: It's not really it's not a lot
4: of football that's been going on and football decisions aren't quite being made as they are financial decisions that are being happening. Got to get get that NIL
3: money. Get it. Get it while they're allowing it, too, because now all these uh, college commissioners are going, you know, to to the Supreme Court to try to get legislation. Um,
4: Yeah. You know, I got not to be fuddy duddy and we don't have time for it. I definitely think the problem that they did is they were so out And then it became so in that nobody thought about the middle ground. No one ever does. They're always like, no, you can't have any of it. And then it's like, all right, you get all of it and everyone's experiencing it. And to be fair, I I don't necessarily disagree with the whole, like what's going on with college sports right now? Like college is just buying players left and right. I don't, they, they should they should figure out a happy medium to this. So a player doesn't go get a bunch of money and go, I'm not gonna play until I'm gonna get out of here because this school's gonna now pay me this. It's not good for college sports because you don't get to develop players. It's a one year in and out. It's becoming college basketball, which college basketball, the only thing that makes it great is March Madness. That's all that they have anymore. They don't have dynasties and stuff like that. That's my soapbox. Bogman will get you lots of his on the CFF pod. Uh, we gotta go. When we come back, hour one, we're gonna jump right in. It's Paul Spore joining us, and we're talking a whole bunch of stuff. we got a game to play. We're doing player debates, some in-season stuff, and the weird Madison Bumgarner stuff, so don't go anywhere. It's Bogman, Spore and Welsh in Hour 2.
5: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer –